Hello and welcome to the Vinyl Experience's second EP edition starring a single musician. It's not enough to tell people to listen to Manelli Jamal's music, because I believe that before you can truly appreciate the complexity and sheer depth of his songs, you have to watch him. You see, for the most part, Manelli uses a percussive style which involves a lot of deaf handwork. There are harmonics, hammer-ons, tapping on the body, and frets and then some. What's most impressive, however, is not the speed with which he plays, nor the fact that he's entirely self-taught. It's not that he's able to blend a variety of styles, whether classical, jazz, or some alternative fusion. It's not that you would swear you're listening to more than one man whenever you hear him. 
I think what's most impressive is the root cause of all this. Because of the life that Manelli has lived thus far, he's more adept at expressing his emotions through music. This is why his songs aren't standard pop tracks. They take you on journeys and if you'll allow them, much like strong classical music, you'll find that yes, there are sharp turns here and there, but if you trust in him, you'll most certainly enjoy where he takes you. Manelli's CD, The Zyre Movement, is incredibly beautiful, truly. Four of the songs form a movement, and if you listen to them intently, you will be able to feel the flow of the music through you. And if you've a strong imagination, you'll be able to create a story to go along with it.
before we get into your music, um, yep. give me a brief history of your life so far, because from what I've read online, it's been quite a story so far. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy, actually. I was, uh, I'm an Iranian. Um, I'm Iranian by blood, but then uh, I was born in Russia, actually, before moving to Germany for my first nine years of my life. I lived there for nine years. It was a really, really awesome childhood I had uh, before uh, moving to the United States. And when we moved to, to, to the United States, my parents actually didn't tell us we were going to be moving there. They just told us we were going to be visiting, visiting there for a couple months. We believed them until we noticed uh, we were there for about six months and like, so when are we going home? <laughs> and we, we never actually went back because it was kind of dangerous to live in Germany at that time. So my parents said. Um, so at that point, we were just in, in the States for Minnesota for two years, two and a half years. Then we moved to Texas, to Austin, Texas for another six and a half years before getting a beautiful letter uh, a beautiful de deportation letter that, that stated that we had to get out of the country within 30 days or be deported back to Iran. And with that, we claimed refuge here in Canada, and we've been here for about six years now. And you've That's been cool. in Toronto the whole time? Yeah, yeah, I've been in Toronto for, for the whole six years that I've been here. That's a lot of bouncing around, especially for someone yeah. <laughs> so young, too, when you're growing up. That has a huge impact on your behavior from then on as well. Very much so, because in Germany, I was a very outgoing kid, you know, and then coming into the, st into the States where I didn't know a single word of English, you can imagine the kind of cult culture shock and like, like, you know, your whole mentality, like you think, you know, everything about the world at one point, and then you go into a new country and you experience a whole another lifestyle, basically, it really changes your life. Well, not just that, but the manner in which you've moved as well, wherein I was reading like some of the moves, you didn't move with very many things here. Um, not no, a lot not of personal effects. And so that's <laughs> yeah. that's equally hard on a child, let alone the fact that you're being uprooted completely from something that you know to something that is completely foreign, but also having nothing to hang on to, except in your case, a guitar. Exactly. No, and that, that was precisely the case when I moved to, to Canada, actually, when we came here. It's because they gave us such short notice, we, we, we could only take what we could fit in our hands. I mean, literally. And I decided to have one bag full of my clothes and all that other crap. And I had my guitar in my other hand, without a case. It was just the cheapest, cheapest guitar that I could find. Um, but it was an acoustic guitar, and I had it with me on the plane the whole time. And I was just, I was attached to it. It was a part of me. Now, is that a guitar that you, were you actually playing before then, or is it just something that occurred at that time? Yeah, no, at that point, uh, when, we, when we had moved to Canada, I had been playing for about two years, but that was mostly electric guitar. It wasn't the acoustic. I had gotten the acoustic maybe a couple months before that deportation letter arrived in, in, our, in our house. So I had just kind of gotten familiar with the, with the whole acoustic uh, style. But then when we finally got that letter, everything just, um, I needed something more and the electric guitar couldn't offer me that the acoustic guitar the the organic presence of it the the uh well the presence just yeah the ability to also pick it up and go wherever i mean that's the story of your life so far it's just being <laughs> uprooted completely here's an instrument that you can have with you wherever you go wherein you may be uprooted and play in and lose yourself in that world yeah, no, that's exactly it. And the thing, the thing about the the acoustic guitar or any music in general. I mean, I come from a family of of all artists. Both my, both my my parents and all my brothers are either visual artists or musicians. And wherever we went, it seemed like, although we were like living a nomadic life, but we 
we always had our home. Our home was always art and music. So wherever we went, we always had that. And that has a huge impact as well. Um, and I can speak f- from experience with that because myself, I, I play as well, but it, more so I'm actually a writer as well. And my wife is nice. a visual artist as well. So the kids oh, wow. have grown up in our household with a house full of books and a house full of original art and been encouraged to pursue those artistic endeavors as well, whatever it is that they have. So if you grow up in a uh-huh. lifestyle where that is encouraged as a child, Regardless of what your riches may be in terms of monetary value, you have that creative spirit, which is worth a lot more. I totally agree. I think that's priceless. Growing up in a household, regardless of you know if you're moving around or whatever it may be, as long as you have that creative outlet and it's it's very present in the in the in the, in the family when you're growing up, I think that can have a huge impact on the kids. And I was just a kid, and as 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 you said, with experience as well, uh, your kids must be very artistic. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 yeah. it's interesting to watch it. It's uh, to see how they behave in a manner that you don't see in other like their friends that come over or whatever. I'm yeah, assuming yeah. you still have that little guitar of yours as well. Now that you're you're playing the Taylor now, I notice. But uh, I'm assuming you still have that other one tucked away somewhere. Yeah, it's in my closet. The, the bridge actually just came off, so it's it's like I I won't throw it away because it's you know it's it's a little it's got some novelty value and it's got some sentimental value as well which I'll never let go of. It's my first guitar. I mean, that's like the reason I got through that whole thing that whole time was because of that black guitar. Black Hell, acoustic guitar. I, I still have the first guitar I started off with it and it has oh, nowhere really? near the same amount of history as yours does. So yeah, I can't imagine you'd want to get rid of that. But you're playing the Taylor almost exclusively now. Is that because of just uh, monetary means or because you are very fond of that one? Uh, I, I, I mean, Taylor's. Anyone who's ever played a Taylor before will tell you that uh, it's it's like a, it's like heaven coming to your to your hands and to your fingers. It really feels so good to play a Taylor. Uh, for for me personally, I like a little bit of a wider neck, the width of it, and the Taylors do that. I know Larabes have that as well, but uh, the the Taylors just um, I don't know. They just ring so true to me. They they really. I really like the sound of a tailor. Well, not just that, but it suits your style so perfectly. Now, yeah. for anybody who has not actually watched the videos at this point, I will tell them, go and watch a video of you playing. Um, I'll have some links to that when I put the show notes for the podcast so that people can actually sure. see the videos of you playing. The thing about awesome. your style is that... It, it, it's comprised of a lot of various influences, obviously. I mean, everything from classical to flamenco and then some. But it's mm-hmm. that unique percussive harmonic style that you've adopted that is that makes it much more about um, watching you play than it is just listening. It's very visual because you are tapping up the frets and you're it's it's. And the style that it is, it's much, I, I, I equate it much more to classical in terms of it being, um, it's a story. It's, there's so much more to it. You could sit down and watch you playing and you get the sense of listening to a story without words because there's movements throughout it. There's, it's not this perfect pop melody that is four by four and always the same thing. <laughs> there are changes, there's riffs, there's, it's not completely fluid and yet it tells this phenomenal story like at what point did you decide to start doing this kind of style well i mean uh, i think that has a lot to do with the way i've been brought up um as a child and just again the whole moving 
10,000 times has, has really um, helped me to kind of write a story because uh, I wasn't very a very I wasn't a very uh, verbal person growing up so even today um, I, I feel much more comfortable <laughs> playing the instrument to let to let my emotions out some people were right and and or verbally talk or you know but I, I play music and I write melodies so in a cheesy way to describe that it would be like me telling talking about my day through me playing melodies or through me playing certain moods of, of, of scales or, or of, of uh, the type of the guitar the the parts of the guitar as well it's just um, the reason I got into that style was because of classical music in general uh, classical music has always had that that whole movement feel that you were describing just a minute ago uh, it's always had that and it's always it's really really spoken to me it's all it's always I've always had an interest in that and I've always wanted to apply that to to the guitar, and and when I did, um, it was it was kind of it was okay. You know, there's a couple songs like Morning in Adenac or Southern Magnolia. Those songs are very more much more classically influenced, but they still have a story to tell. But then when I moved into a more percussive style, um, this enabled me to 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 really open it up, make the story something bigger than what it was. It was like a story inside a story. And with this whole percussive technique that that you were just describing, it's just uh, it really opens the sound up, really makes it rich, gives it a whole new perspective of of what the the, the song is about. Well, it gives it so much more depth too. It's it's yeah. no longer just uh, a single voice speaking to get that story across. It's a multitude of voices speaking in, uh, in together to 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 get that point across. So again, yeah. it's something that between the the harmonics and the 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 tapping, the the percussive taps on the on the, the the body as well. Like everything rings through so nicely together and again, I can't say enough about it. I, I it's <laughs> I I have been watching your videos over and over again since <laughs> wanting nice. to have you on the show and it is something that every time that I'm watching I am and it, part of it too is I'm a very imaginative person hence mm -hmm. the writing so I can feel a story in there I, I don't know if it moves others if you've been told by others that it does the same to them but it, it is something where I can imagine a story being told with every shift in presence that you put through when you are changing the mood of the song. Yeah, no, that, that, that's exactly right. And a perfect example for that would be the the movement series that I've written. And I think uh, there's a there's one movement video called Norum, which is part one of the movement series. And if you listen to the whole four piece movement uh, series, if you listen to the whole thing, you'll, you'll kind of you'll hear a story because it's uh, I try to have a lot of dynam dynamics in there and just uh, really make it almost like have it like a soundtrack of a movie or something so there's like a movie there's like a story being told with with uh, this kind of music being played it, well again it's <laughs> i <laughs> i've listened to all the movements and i know exactly what you're talking about um yeah. i it's it's something that i enjoy watching it's obviously something that people enjoy watching a lot as well how often do you perform per week uh, this summer has been really, really great for me. Uh, I've, just in August alone, I was doing like 10 to 15 gigs, and that was just really, really lots of fun. And I love playing, and I love hearing people's feedback, whether it's good or bad, because, you know, even the bad criticism I like to hear because it's, uh, you know, if they're honest and they want to tell me what's wrong, then, then I always listen. And, and so it's always good to get that kind of perspective when you play live. 
and and you gig live. So it's uh, it's definitely quite a treat to be playing live and, and, and doing that. So. And from that too, you are teaching as well, which I'm sure, like we were discussing earlier, anybody that actually gets a chance to see you and and, <laughs> and see what is possible with a guitar that they may not have imagined, it will damn well want a chance <laughs> to learn this as well. And you are teaching people. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been teaching for a little over a year now. And um, I'm, yeah, so... Teaching does take a lot of patience, though. It's completely different. Like, you can have people who are brilliant at an instrument but are not that good with people. But then you get some that enjoy that aspect of, you know, mentoring somebody else. Are you are you finding that, that you really enjoy helping other people learn this as well? Yeah, well, actually, the reason I discovered the, this whole patient thing was because uh, I'm, I'm a self-taught guitarist. So being self-taught and to be to get to really progress to always find yourself progressing and never plateauing you have to be patient and you have to stick with one routine or one exercise and don't stop until you master it keep going with it because every single thing every single genre that you get into do your best do as much as you can out of it because with this this is why this is why i created this this little this whole little mess of genres of sounds kind of coming together it was because of going through all these sides and learning everything that, that that it's enabled me to be so patient with my students. And so with all my students, I, I'm, I'm very, very patient. You know, I always listen to what they have to say. I always ask, you know, what, what's wrong? And so it's, it's a really rewarding thing for me to be able to see progress in the students. When you're talking about studying the various genres and whatnot, is that something that you look forward to in terms of like when you're working on your next album are you thinking okay well i'm thinking that i would like to it to be influenced by such and such a style or is it just that it happens that you're feeling creative while you're learning something different and whatever comes out comes out well that's, that's a pretty good question i think um i think i'm more of a of a person when i play whatever comes out kind of comes out but sometimes i'll have a certain concepts about a song you know if it's if it's a song like an uplifting part of my life, I'll write obviously something in, a, in an uplifting key and kind of give it some some nice rhythm. But if it's a sadder tune, you know, I'll try to make it. Uh... So the reason I do that is because when you listen to it, you'll get the feeling of an uplifting feel as well. Not just me and me as a writer, but you'll get it as a listener. And that's what I really want to try to do. So even without me mentioning a song title to a, a track and you listen to it, and I really want you to be able to kind of say the same thing that I was thinking when I was writing it and that's that's really a goal of mine to be able to do that how long did it take for you to record your uh, the, the last CD uh, this this CD took me uh, it took me a, a few weeks to record it but then it took me a, actually like a full year to get it fully completed because I was doing the artwork the, produ the producing the mixing the editing the promoting so I'm doing just just a whole <laughs> lot of work it's it's such it was a pain it was really it was tough but it is something though that you have that there's something to be said about working with other people and having that creative bond with other people wherein you are influenced by their experience as well but there's also something to be said about at least getting several pieces out wherein you have complete control over it and it gives you a whole different perspective on everything that's involved and also makes it so that down the line when you are working with others you have that experience that you can bank on in that you know what they're going through as well 
Yeah, that's 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 very true. And and with with you having said that, uh, I always play with other musicians. I think that's one of the most important things for any musician. I, I know I promote myself as a solo instrumentalist, but that does not mean that I love to jam with people. And I've always done that. I've always, uh, right now, I'm in a couple other groups that I'm in. You know, not playing the style at all, playing something completely different, but always being open to that um, has helped me to really, I think, progress and always be in a pro progressive state. Well, I, from what I've seen so far, Toronto right now is is the the New York of Canada in terms of the music scene is absolutely phenomenal. Like some of the yeah. talent that I've been hearing from Toronto that I've been lucky enough to get some of them on the show is absolutely phenomenal. Um, wow. What are you finding like in terms of like, are you finding that there's a lot of people there for you to work with always new people as well? Or did you just find a, a good group that you're, you're playing with now? Uh, I'm always looking for for new musicians and like people who are interested in jamming and even if they don't think they're that great you know I'll just say let's just try it whatever what's 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 one jam session gonna hurt uh, if anything one of us or hopefully both of us will leave with something good you know like feeling good or learning something new so it's always I'm always open to that but it's always great to to uh, to be in a city such as this because it's so versatile and I can find practically any kind of musician who plays pretty much any instrument in the world here in this city alone so it's really really awesome to be here surrounded by this diversity and it always encourages me to, to maybe write in a different style as well to, to, to stand out and try and be more unique than the regular pop uh, radio stuff so does that mean you finally found a home and you're in toronto's it now <laughs> uh, for now i mean uh it seems like uh, there's a pattern in my life and I, I don't want to just you know sit here and say Toronto is my home because you know my guitar is my home so wherever that that bad boy is uh, I call that home well we could not end the show on a better note um, <laughs> before we leave though please by all means pimp your CD um, tell nice. me where we can where people can buy it and all that sure okay so at the my new CD is called The Zyre Movement. It's featuring 14 original tracks, all solo instruments. There's also one track played on a Persian sitar, which is on that. And you can find this on my website at uh, manelijamal.com, or you can go to my MySpace, which is myspace.com slash manelijamal. You can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, Basically anything online, I'm, I'm there. You can also find it at HMV. I think if you go to any HMV, you can request it and then they'll um, send a copy to you. I think that's how it works with them. Is it available on iTunes right now as well? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's actually on iTunes as well. I just got that up. It's on iTunes. Uh, it's been there for a few weeks, so you can grab it off there too. All right, I'll make sure that all the links are also on the show notes when awesome. I put it up. And nice. I Thanks. cannot thank you enough for this. I <laughs> cannot wait for people to hear this music. You know that you've discovered something fantastic in terms of music when you can't wait to share it with people and get their <laughs> opinions on it. And your music is moving enough. It's not, again, the traditional pop style 4x4 that everybody's heard over and over again it's something different and unique and fun to listen to and it's an experience and I can't wait to have people hear that yeah thank you very much I really appreciate you having me on the show alright well thanks again and I will be letting you you know when the show comes out and, uh, and we'll go from there great sounds good thanks a lot man
I can't thank Minnelli enough for allowing me to feature his music on the vinyl experience. I'm truly honored to have his music as part of the show's history now. Manelli was also quite generous and sent over five CDs for me to give away. I would suggest acting fast with these. If you're interested, as with any other giveaway, simply send an email to thevinylexperience at gmail.com and write Manelli Jamal in the subject line. I'll then contact the winners to ship the CDs out. Make certain to check out the show notes at thevinylexperience.com where I'll post a variety of links to Manelli's work. If you're not fortunate enough to get a free copy of a CD from me, I would strongly urge you to purchase one from him. We have to support this kind of talent. It's the kind of beauty which he creates which make all of our lives richer, and we can't afford not to have that in our lives. Thank you all very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you have any questions, comments, or submissions, send them to thevinylexperience at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash vinylexperience and at myspace.com slash thevinylexperience. Good evening.